Joe Biden is doing anything he can to bury this Hunter Biden thing. Unfortunately for him, everyone sees that he keeps digging. With all the turmoil in this country, we sure are ignoring some of the bigger threats outside of our borders. Let's talk about one of them. And I hate to say it, but I told you so. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I hope you guys had a great day. Had a great weekend, actually. Uh, weekend went pretty well over here. I finished my book. It is getting ready to be published in hardcover. If you go to if you go to Amazon and you type in Gene Bach Jr., G-E-N-E, Bach, B-O-C-K, B-O-C-K, Jr., uh, you'll see it. It's called Hell. The Modern Retelling of Dante's Inferno from the Divine Comedy. You can actually read the book online. Uh, eventually, it's going to come out in paperback. So I'm, I'm really kind of excited about that. It took me a long time to do this book, way longer than it should have, simply because I kind of half-assed it for a while. Uh, not to mention the alcohol thing probably had a lot to do with it. But it's finally out. It's finally ready to go. And I'm kind of excited about it. So let's get to some news before we move into dumbasses of the day. Um, so the Lahaina, Maui, in Hawaii, the devastation is absolutely incredible. Now, I've been to Maui several times. Um, I loved Maui. Maui was a great, uh, a great island in Hawaii because it was, it was basically what you see Hawaii as. If you go to Oahu like Honolulu. It's like Los Angeles. It's no different than that. It's dirty. It's a lot of people, crime, fun stuff like that. But Maui is a small island, very quiet. You, The only thing you have there that might be disgusting is you got hippies kind of cruising the beaches and things like that. But outside of that, it is really a beautiful island. And to see it destroyed like it is, it's just, it, it's amazing. I think the, um, the death toll now is up to, I think it's 93. It's over 90, uh, but I think it's 93. So 93 people died. People were jumping into the ocean water to get away from the flame. And of course, you can imagine uh, everyone is talking about it and they're talking about it from their perspectives. And I thought I'd hit that up. A little bit. I don't want to beat on it because it really isn't something that should be political, but it's being made political. So, you know, might as well go in that direction. Um, Joe Biden was questioned about Hawaii. Now, mind you, Joe Biden took a four day vacation, then two days later took an 11 day vacation, then came back uh, Tuesday of last week and then went again on vacation to uh to Delaware over the weekend. I mean, this guy, I don't know what he does. I really don't know what he... If a, a guy at a regular job can't do what he's doing, this guy's taking vacations. Well, he, he got off the, the plane, he got off the jet today from his vacation in Delaware, or I don't know where it was. It was either Delaware or it was Camp David. Not sure because don't forget, he's taxpayer money is going into fixing up his house. So in Delaware, so who knows? Not Delaware, yeah, Delaware. So who knows where he was? But uh, he was asked about the devastation in um, Maui and the deaths, and I mean the fact that this 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 place is going to be a wreck for years, and. Uh, 
Mr. Empathy said no comment. He had absolutely no comment about it. This guy is gone. And don't ever tell me that this guy is just the loving old man. He is. He's not. Well, anyway, like we do in this culture, we have to politicize everything. And this one's being politicized, of course. And, of course, I don't talk too much about it. I just say there is a fire. But you've got the whole climate change thing is going off. Now, needless to say, this was probably one of the things the left did not want to talk about with climate change right at this moment. Because there are a lot of things in this whole mess that really say this had really nothing to do with climate change. Okay, the first thing we need to look at, I'm, I'm going to point everything out first. The first thing we need to look at is, one, uh, no one knows how this fire started yet. We still don't know what it, whether it was arson, whether it was uh, a um, power down power line. We don't know what caused it yet. So climate change is actually, in Hawaii, climate change is hardly being talked about. What they're basically talking about in Hawaii is there were three people who apparently had set a fire in Lahaina before, and those people are being looked at. The other thing they're talking about is the state did, or the uh, power company did not shut down the power lines during 70-mile-an-hour winds that were happening in Maui at the time. There's talk about uh, the si air raid sirens not going off. So, yeah, they have air raid si sirens in Maui and all through Hawaii, basically for tornado, uh, for tornadoes, tsunamis, tidal waves. Those didn't go off, and they're wondering why they didn't go off, and then the state says, oh, well, they didn't work. And people are wondering, what the heck? And then there's the big talk of why was an emergency response able to do anything? They did nothing to save people. So right off the bat, crime, you've got bad, uh, bad infrastructure, and you've got a question about the government effing up, basically, and 90 people dying because the government couldn't do its job. So besides that, let's take a look at the climate change argument. So they had 70 mile an hour winds for two days, which is odd. It doesn't, it doesn't usually go that high, but um, the hurricane, which is Hurricane Nora or Dora, one of the two down there, um, that's actually pretty typical for this time of year. And high winds in Hawaii this time of year, they say, is pretty normal. So usually the winds can be 20 to 30 miles an hour. So that's normal. Lahaina, this part of Hawaii, is actually quite dry in the summer. It only gets about, Lahaina, that part of the island, only gets about 15, uh, 15 inches of rain a year. That's normal. Nothing is bizarre as far as the weather goes. Yes, the winds got up to 70 miles an hour, but that happened for a day and a half. It didn't happen for two weeks, three weeks, or six months. And it didn't happen when it was out of season. It does happen every once in a while. It is abnormal, but it is not something insanely crazy. One of the things that people were wondering, well, in the past, they used to shut down the power lines when the winds got that bad because they didn't want things knocked over. The other thing, apparently, that happened in Hawaii during this whole thing and all I'm doing is debunking the climate change thing, because it, that's the first thing the left went to, was climate change just proves climate change. No, it was a fire. I'm sorry, it was a fire. They happen everywhere. 
The other thing that they're blaming on this is bad forestry management again. And those are the people in Maui that are doing this. There's a lot of dry brush. And forest management was not done on that island. So a lot of that dry brush just went up like tinder. And that's what caused the fire to just go straight up and go absolutely insane for such a short time and so quickly. Is that the, they didn't clear that brush. I and mean, we have that problem in California. Where dry brush isn't cleaned and then suddenly we have forest fires and we're all shocked about forest fires. And the government, instead of saying, yeah, we probably should have cleaned that brush, cleared that brush. The government sits back and says, oh, it's climate change. Yeah, it wasn't climate change. There was too much dry brush and the government didn't clean it up. In the old days in California, we used to have controlled burns by the fire department. They used to go out there and actually burn dry brush so that, they, uh, so that fires wouldn't happen. But California in about the 80s, 80s, 90s, decided to stop the controlled burns because of climate change. Now we've got 10, 15 feet and I'm not exaggerating there, of dry brush. And the only way, it's it's going to burn one way or the other. It's going to burn either by the fire department burning it in a controlled fashion, or it's going to burn by nature. Nature will take care of its own brush. That's part of nature. And that's what happened in Hawaii. Now, another thing that is I find very interesting, and again, we, we, we need to be very clear that we don't know what started this. Uh, my guess is probably a down power line. Maybe it was arson, but I mean, seems like a hell of a coincidence that arson happened at exactly the same time that the 70 mile an hour winds were there. Possible, though. We, we can't say it. I, I think it's a down power line. But another thing they talked about in Maui is all of the plant life that wasn't indigenous to the area. Apparently, a lot of plant life in Hawaii is grown, is brought in from the mainland and, and grown there. And that's a huge problem over there because the idea is they bring this plant life from, let's say, California. They plant it and it grows for a while and then it dies because it can't survive. And they say that's typically what happens. And when it dies, it becomes what? Dry brush. And if you have a government that doesn't clean it up, that's going to be a problem. Now, everyone thinks of Hawaii as the lush green palm trees and things like that. Well, it is, for the most part. Even Maui is. But if you start planting plants that aren't indigenous to that area, what's going to happen? It's going to catch fire. It's going to die. And it's going to dry up and it's going to catch fire. Maui has also been notorious for actually ending a lot of the agriculture there. So when I went to Maui long, long, long time ago, they used to grow two things, sugar cane and pineapple, which are indigenous to Maui. Well, they stopped doing a lot of that and they just let that grow out. Mostly they stopped doing that because they're trying to control the government again is trying to control agriculture. So a lot of those fields that used to have pineapple and used to have sugar cane, which by the way, do you know how sugar cane is, is brought down? Sugar cane fields are burned. So there were constantly controlled burns in, in Maui until recently. And a lot of people point out, this isn't the first fire Maui's had. They've had, they've had fires before. This is just not uncommon. What is rare was how bad this fire took off. And it was because of those winds from a, basically it was a high pressure system to the north of Hawaii 
and a low pressure system in the Hurricane Dora to the south, the two systems hit and they created huge winds. That's essentially what happened. And, but outside of that, all of that stuff put together, combine that with government incompetence when it comes to infrastructure, and you have 93 dead, and you have one of the largest forest fires in Maui history. So before we talk about, and essentially I'm not saying climate change had nothing to do with it. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying stop blaming climate change before we know what's going on. Because so far we're looking at what happened in Hawaii and we're thinking, and a lot of us here are thinking, well, that's not really climate change. That's incompetence. That's bad infrastructure. That is um, bad forest management. That is that's one of the reasons you do not bring foreign fauna into another country, into another environment. That's part of it. There are so many things that went wrong with this fire. And all we should be saying is God bless Maui. God bless the people who died. God bless the people who have to restart their lives because that place looks like a bomb went off. It looks absolutely terrible. Okay. With that being said, um, I don't really want to talk too much about it until we have more news. Uh, let's get to dumbasses of the day. Okay, there's a, it was a busy weekend for me as far as the news went. I, you should see the number of stories I have. Uh, and assuming, assuming that nothing else is going to happen this week, I have the rest of the week planned out. Now, I doubt that's going to happen, just like last week. Last week, I only did Monday through Thursday. This week will only be Monday through Thursday because i got to finish my book, book publishing thing. Um, but there was so much that happened this weekend. I mean, we're not even talking Friday. It happened this weekend. Uh, well, here we go. Let's go to some dumbasses, and that includes dumbasses. There were a lot of dumbasses this week. So the first guy is Jonah Goldberg, and he's talking about um, the problems that our, quote, democracy, end quote, is going through. Now, when I say democracy and I put it in quotes, I'm doing that because it's what these guys call democracy. What this guy calls democracy is not the same democracy I'm talking about. And by the way, we're not a democracy. We're more of a fascist state than we've ever been. We're hardly a democracy, and we've never really been a democracy. We're more of a democratic republic than anything else. We're actually closer to a full republic than a, dem a democratic republic at all. But this guy really lets the cat out of the bag. And it's amazing because I keep talking about this, and these guys keep openly saying it, and then when we point it out, we're told we're being conspiracy theorists or QAnon or whatever it happens to be. But here's this guy actually saying it. And it's straight out of Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum playbook. Let's listen to what he's got to say. This is Jonah Goldberg on CNN. Um, but I, I just also think that we were dealing with a time where there were a lot of people, there was a, there was a lot of cheering and, and self-congratulation about the rise of small donors a decade ago. And now small donors are actually one of the biggest problems for democracy, for the GOP, because um, small donor, large donors actually have a strategic view about moderation, who can win, who can't. Small donors really are just venting their spleen with yep. their credit card, and, um, and they lock candidates into positions that can hurt them in the general election. Such an important point. 
I swear to you, the lack of self-awareness of these people just amazes me. It really does. So what is he saying here? Well, he's saying that you and I, who are small donors, and I don't donate to any political party because I think they're all assholes, but small donors, they're a problem for democracy. Because the big level donors, like the Bill Gates and the and the uh, George Soros's and the Elon Musk's, they have a plan. And these small donors, they're actually supporting people like, you know, Donald Trump, who is who they're talking about. Okay? They support Donald Trump. They support Ron DeSantis. They don't support Joe Biden. Joe Biden, the globalist. Joe Biden, who is trying to dismantle the country. They're supporting Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. And that's a problem for democracy, mind you. Not for the Democrats. That's I think that's what he was actually going to say, but he realized, oh, I can't say that. So he decided to say all of that. This is basically another deplorables con- comment. And by the way, this is exactly what Klaus Schwab says in his book, The Great Reset, and his book, The Great Narrative, is that the little person really shouldn't mean anything. That little person is there to um, be a cog in the wheel. It's the elites who know what's going on. It's the elites who have the right plans. This is why I say democracy, when these guys talk about democracy, I mean, what this guy is talking about is pure fascism. He's not talking democracy. He's saying, hey, no, the elites know what they're doing. Let the elites do their stuff. And all these people who are spending $5 on Donald Trump, they're actually a problem. They're not good for democracy. See, that's my problem. These people are not for democracy. They're not for the republic. They're not for the United States of America. They're for the elites running everything. That's what they're for. The elites should be spending the money. They should be the ones determining what's happening in this country. And my big question is, and that's why whenever I hear, oh, it's a threat to democracy. Yeah, it's a threat to your democracy, not to my democracy. It's a good thing. What you guys want is not democracy. Especially since, you know, last I heard, if people are participating in the political process, isn't that supposed to be part of democracy? And he's saying because more people are participating in the political process, this is a threat to democracy? Seems kind of like a contradiction. But see, these people are are not self-aware. They are so elite. Jonah Goldberg is really an elitist. They're so elite, they don't think we understand anyway. That this off-the-cut remark will never be caught. No one will ever know. Luckily, yeah, people recognized what he said, and um, yeah, they they thought, my God, I can't believe you just said that, that we have too many people and too poor to participate in the political process. Wow, wow. Well, I mean, the only good news is more people are, are participating in the political process, and that might mean... We'll end up with a president who is going to save this country. And it also really shows that, of course, he says this on CNN. These folks have been completely dismantled. They, No one's listening to CNN. No one's listening to MSNBC or ABC or AP or Reuters or any of those news agencies. They're ignoring it. Okay, and this is a good one. This is a therapist. Uh, he's a sex therapist, okay? And he's talking about 
uh, men wanting to have sex with trans women, which means men wanting to have sex with men, and how that's not gay. Just listen to him, because he doesn't make much sense. But just, this is a guy who knows, right? He's a therapist. He's an elite. He's a professional, or an expert. That's what they call him. He's an expert, an elitist. He, He knows. Listen. Some straight men are attracted to trans women who haven't had bottom surgery. This is very disconcerting and confusing to women when they find this out because they think, well, if she hasn't had bottom surgery then and you want to play with that part of her, then you can't be 100% straight. But that doesn't make sense because you have to remember that these are still women. Trans women are women. They are female. The attraction to her is from the waist up, but it can also be from the waist down. And they can experience pleasure playing with that person from the waist down. But that act, again, doesn't indicate a sexual orientation. It indicates an attraction to the person, to the woman, the trans woman. Actually, some of these men are attracted to gender fluidity in that the person exhibits both um, male and female body parts. Um, and that's attractive to them. Just like some gay men are attracted to trans men who haven't had bottom surgery. That doesn't make them bi, it doesn't make them straight. Okay, I love when guys like this do this. Uh, it, for me, it's funny. So if you are a straight man who finds a trans woman attractive and wants to play with the bottom part of a trans woman because and, quote, she hasn't, end quote, hasn't had bottom surgery... That doesn't make you a gay man. Um, well, he skips a lot in that whole thing. First off, a trans woman is a man. Whether he's had bottom surgery or not, he's a man. Okay? And a trans woman is not a woman. Trans woman is a man. And if you like, if a straight man likes playing with the bottom of a trans woman, he's actually playing with a penis and a balls. That means he likes penis and balls. That makes him, I know, weird, makes him a gay man. You're not a straight man if you like playing with penis and balls. I don't care what they say. Maybe... A bisexual man but straight negative so congratulations to you yes you hid the words but in that statement if a straight man likes right off the bat you're wrong if a straight man likes yeah he's not a straight man if he likes playing with penis and balls that's a that's that's a gay man on a trans woman which is a man he forgets that then that man is still straight, which he's not because he likes pain, playing with penis and balls. Because trans women are women, which they're not. Trans women are actually men dressed in dresses. Especially if he hasn't even had bottoms. Or, I mean, he's not even trying to fake it. That you are a gay man. Okay, I'm glad I could clear that up. Uh, I tell you what, just you may need to rewind that a little bit because I know it can get complicated to say that a man dressed in women's clothing is a man. Okay, so the bullshit continues with the Biden DOJ and this whole Hunter Biden laptop disaster, and it just keeps getting worse. And so what does the Biden administration do? They just keep digging the hole. 
they keep saying, okay, if we dig this hole deep enough, maybe we can bury it and it'll go away. And the fact is it's not. So according to the Daily Wire, the U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland announced on Friday that the Department of Justice has granted the U.S. Attorney investigating President Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, special counsel status. ABC News reported that Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss, who was appointed by former President Donald Trump, asked Garland, that shows you something, yeah, Donald Trump knows how to pick him, doesn't he? Asked Garland earlier this week to be appointed special counsel, and Garland agreed it was the correct course of action. Quote, on Tuesday of this week, Mr. Weiss advised me that in his judgment, his investigation has reached a stage at which he should continue his work as, spe as a special counsel, and he asked to be so appointed, Garland said in a statement. Quote, upon considering his request, as well as the extraordinary circumstances relating to this matter, I have concluded it is in the public interest to appoint him as special counsel. This appointment confirms my commitment to, <coughs> to provide Mr. Weiss all the resources he requests. I, here's a thing that's really trips me out. I thought he had all the resources he requested. That's one of the reasons why Garland didn't appoint a special counsel is because Garland said, no, we're giving him everything. We don't need a special counsel. That's what he said. Continuing, Garland said that the appointment reaffirms to the public that Weiss, quote, has the authority he needs to conduct a thorough investigation and to continue to take steps to deem appropriate independently based on the facts and the law. Okay, so this guy has been, by the way, this guy has been investigating for five years. Five years. He was investigating Hunter Biden during the Trump presidency. And he never asked for a special counsel before. You mean to tell me in five years this guy hasn't found enough that he needs to be appointed special counsel? And by the way, we've got the whistleblowers out there. The whistleblowers have said, we found this, 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 and this. And by the way, no one is contradicting what the whistleblowers are finding. It has been the DOJ and everybody else who's been interfering in this whole thing. So, question for you. Who runs the special counsel? Yeah, it, it, it's the DOJ. Who's to say that the DOJ isn't going to continue to interfere? Well, of course they're going to continue to interfere. This is just something to make it look legitimate. And this is something that's that's going to be run through for the next two to three years like the Trump special counsel was. Except the Trump-Russia Trump special counsel took so long because there was no evidence and they were trying to dig for evidence and they couldn't find any. This one, we've already got the evidence. We got a laptop full of it. We got tax records. We got bank records. 20 different banks. We've got all the records we need. We've got the gun. We've got everything. What is this guy going to do for the next two years that he hasn't done in the last five years? Exactly. This is just a delay tactic. Bury this. Make it go away. Now, there are some big problems with this. The first one is they have been investigating this since 2015, and uh, everyone knows what they found. We know that they found things. We've got the laptop. The laptop is on the internet. You can look at it if you'd like. 
We know all the text messages, the emails, the bank statements, the bank records the, from the banks themselves. We know what's going on. And that's the other issue. The whistleblowers. The whistleblowers are saying there's no need for a special counsel. We have all the information. The DOJ has just been getting in the way. The Secret Service has been getting in the way. They want us to stop investigating. And people who they should have been interviewing before, they never really tried to interview like Hunter Biden. And Hunter Biden has even admitted he's done a lot of this stuff. We have all the information. Even Jake Tapper is sitting back and saying, you know, the the whistleblowers have said that this there's been a lot of interference and we've got a lot of evidence and we know what he did and and, and all that's happening is the DOJ keeps getting in the way and interfering and Jake Tapper, who's not a not a conservative, he's he's pretty much a lefty, sit back and say, yeah, it's beginning to look like this is interference by the FBI and everybody and the DOJ. Maybe the whistleblowers here, they were right. Let's listen to Jake. One of the reasons to make him a special counsel, supposedly, is so that he has the ability to charge in other venues outside Delaware. But I believe he had previously argued publicly that he had the right to do whatever he wanted and then the whistleblowers said well behind the scenes weiss was complaining he couldn't do that he wasn't able to do that and the justice department and weiss denied what the whistleblowers were saying but this move makes it seem as though well maybe the whistleblowers were right maybe what they were alleging is true and he didn't have the ability to charge wherever he wanted to charge and now he does so i i do have a lot of questions about that, and I do think some of the political uh, questions being raised by Republicans uh, have merit. Oops. Oh, there's a there's kind of a mess up there. I mean, you can't even fool CNN now. And by the way, Jake Tapper wasn't the only one on CNN that said this. Jake Tapper was just one on CNN. CNN has been basically saying uh, something looks bad here. And the problem CNN has is they got to keep up their legitimacy as a news organization. They can't just ignore this. Now, the view, they can ignore it because they're stupid. But, I mean, CNN, they're trying to make themselves look smart. And if they ignore this, they look foolish. Well, another problem with the special counsel that uh, <laughs> has come up is it may not be legitimate. According to the Daily Caller, U.S. Attorney David Weiss' appointment Friday as a special counsel in the Hunter Biden investigation appears to violate the Department of Justice regulation requiring a special counsel to, quote, be selected from outside the United States government. Oops. This guy is a, uh, is a special, is a United States government attorney. Now, by the way, they've done this before. This isn't the first time it's been there, but we're basically accusing the United States government of corruption. We're accusing this administration of corruption. So what you do is you hire a special counsel, counsel from this administration to investigate it? Yeah, it sounds like bullshit. So this is going to, nothing is going to, good is going to come for Joe Biden here. This is not going to be buried. And the Republicans need to continue their investigations because this isn't going anywhere. Okay, so let's take a look here. Um, 
So Joe Biden, and this is, again, big news. We can't ignore this. We cannot ignore this at all. Um, Joe Biden has putting, been putting in the work to free five civilians who are under house arrest in Iran. Uh, for what, I, I don't know. I have no idea who these people are. I don't know why they're in Iran. I don't know why they're under house arrest. Now, mind you, these guys are not in prison. They are under house arrest, which means they just can't leave their homes. Well, um, apparently, Michael McCall, the chairman of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, has an answer why Joe Biden is trying to, quote, free, end quote, these guys so badly. According to, I believe this is, let's see, who did this one? Um, according to do, 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 the Daily Wire, uh, no, this Daily Caller, I think it is, House Foreign Affairs Committee Chairman Michael McCall a Republican from Texas, said over the weekend that the $6 billion of Iranian assets that the Biden administration is reportedly set to unfreeze in exchange for the five detained Americans will go toward helping Iran finance their terror operations and a nuclear bomb asp- and nuclear bomb aspirations. By the way, um, the nuclear bomb thing we'll get to in a few minutes, uh, they probably already have one. So we've been bullshitting around with this nuclear bomb thing for so long and ignoring it that they probably already have a nuclear bomb. Whether they can actually use it or not is a different story, but they probably already have it. Now, one of the problems with this is um, Iran has been designated as a terrorist organization by the government, by the United States government. They're running a war, they're running the civil war in Syria. They're funding terrorist organizations like Hamas, the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, Hezbollah, and the ISIS of Sinai. All of those organizations, by the way, are fighting Israel. So you keep hearing how Israel is killing everybody. Well, they're killing these four terror. They're killing people from these four terrorist organizations. And by the way, that's something Israel is not going to stand for. If, if, if Iran starts building a nuclear bomb or has a nuclear bomb, yeah. Expect Israel to get involved real quick, and they have been. And they're also supporting the war. There's a proxy war between Yemen and Saudi Arabia. Iran is running the proxy war in Yemen. So Iran is is nothing but a terrorist organization. Locally, the country is a pure theocratic tyranny. They suppress all protests against the regime, regime, usually through violence. No one talks about this. Women have no rights in Iran. They force women to submit under the laws of Sharia, and they execute those that don't. So if you don't walk around Iran as a woman and you're wearing a, you're not wearing your hijab, be expected to be arrested by the quote morality pol- police end quote and executed. That's been happening. As a matter of fact, a lot of the protests over there are based on that stuff. But we're not talking about them, right? We talk about Israel being a terrorist organization or a, um, what do they call it? Some sort of South African uh, uh, tyranny, tyrannical government. And that's not it. One thing that the United States is trying to, one thing the United States has an advantage of on all these countries is the economy. And we don't seem to be exploiting that advantage. Nobody will trade with Iran. 
They have no money coming in. The only countries that will deal with them are Russia, China, North Korea, Cuba, and Venezuela. And these countries are financially strapped. They're not in great shape. An influx of money, an influx of $6 billion would help Iran quite a bit. And by the way, they're not going to use that money to improve the lives of the people. What are they going to use it for? Weapons and, and, and uh, financing the terrorist operations. That's what they're doing. That's what they've always done. The economy in Iran is a disaster. But they don't care. They're not injecting it into their economy. They want to nuke Israel. They have said this. This isn't something I'm making up. The guy says it all. The, 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 the uh, Ayatollah says it all the time. His goal is to take down the United States, take down Israel. And that's why they're creating a nuclear weapon. But the Biden administration doesn't care. They want to get back into this Iran nuclear agreement. Why? Because this Iran nuclear agreement is the jewel of St. Barack Obama's regime. And it being pulled out of it just basically destroyed the legacy of St. Barack Obama. And since St. Barack Obama is actually running this administration, they're working their best to get it back in. The other reason they're into it is, is uh, Joe Biden really embraces this whole globalist thing. He really does believe that Iran can be made into a saintly country if they just join the globalists. Right? Not that Iran is a, a terror state and doesn't really want to be a, a, a state that falls in line with every other state. As a matter of fact, it's probably going to have the opposite effect. The globalism thing is really annoying because the globalism thing, they talk about, you know, Shangri-La and Kumbaya and all this crap. And the fact is, most countries in the United States, most countries in the world don't want to have anything to do with it. Okay, the United States isn't the only one. China doesn't want anything to do with it. Russia doesn't want anything to do with it. Iran doesn't want anything to do it. Do with it. Why? Because these are ideological imperialists. You think China wants to listen to Klaus Schwab? Of course not. Matter of fact, Xi Jinping shows nothing but contempt for Klaus Schwab and the WEF. He sees them as useful idiots, as tools to get what he wants. China wants to be the world leader. He doesn't want the WEF to control anything. He wants his ideology spread. And it's going to be and he he's said it's going to be spread one way or the other. It's going to be spread through peaceful means and people just coming over to China or it's going to be spread through dominance, which means military dominance. Iran's the same way. You think Iran is going to get along with secular World, the secular world economic forum? Of course they're not. Iran wants Sharia law spread throughout the world. That's what they want. They don't want to live in peace. They want to kill the infidels and spread their law. By the way, um, global organizations, globalist organizations like the World Economic Forum and the European Union, for that matter, which is just an extension of the economic forum, um, all of these guys are ideological imperialists, too. Don't kid yourself. These are all the same tree, the same uh, forest, just different trees. 
they all want control of the world and they all want it for power. There's, there's, that's the only thing. The only difference is the ideology. China is a communist ideology. Iran is into Sharia law. And the World Economic Forum is into financial. So they're all the same. Um, yeah, this is all going to backfire too. First off, the first thing that's really bad here is um, this is going to encourage Iran, Russia, all of the other countries to start taking political prisoners, to start taking hostages. Because after seeing what Biden has done, um, they're just going to get whatever they want. So Russia has done it. I mean, we released a terrorist, a known arms dealer and terrorist to the Russians for that basketball player, which no one said she's a man, but they released it for that basketball player. And now Iran is saying, oh, well, just rest Americans. They'll give us whatever we want. They just gave us, you gave $6 billion for five Americans. That's a billion dollars an American. Over a billion dollars an American. It seems a little heavy, doesn't it? So this is not going to work. And, and the other thing that's not going to work is, um, here's a newsflash, it's not going to end, it's not going to end Iran, even if Iran joins, rejoins the nuclear agreement. That's not going to end it. They're still going to create a nuclear weapon. If they haven't already, and chances are they have, because they, they, we were talking on this podcast a year ago that Iran probably is going to have a nuclear uh, weapon by the end of November of 2022. We talked about that. Okay. Well, the Daily Wire may have confirmed that. So according to Daily Wire, the Islamic Republic of Iran is reportedly nearing the threshold to test the nuclear we weapons as their ability to enrich weapons-grade uranium has drastically accelerated under the Biden administration. In other words, they have one already. Now they just got to try it out, make sure it works. The Jerusalem Post reported... That Iran, which is the world's leading state sponsor of terrorism, has sought technology that is illegal for them to have in order to further develop their nuclear weapons program, according to new, in to new intelligence reports out of Germany, Sweden, and the Netherlands. By the way, if this is coming from Jer the Jerusalem report, I, Ju Jerusalem Post, I believe it. The Jerusalem Post is not a right-wing paper. It's not. It is kind of a middle-of-the-road paper. And Israel is actually watching Iran. Because Israel, trust me, will blow the shit out of Iran before anybody even has an option to avoid them getting a nuclear weapon. Why? Because Iran wants to blow Israel off the map. They have said this. Continuing with the article, the report said that Iran is moving fast in its advances, which, quote, brings the option of a possible Iranian first nuclear test closer, end quote. Well, I got news to you. They probably already have a bomb, and they're probably just figuring out where to test it and how to test it quietly. How you quietly test a hydrogen bomb, I have no idea. But they're probably trying to figure out how to do it without causing too much of a stir, because... I I think even I think even China, Russia, and the all United States, of course, are going to be pretty much against this. But I mean, I don't know why, because Russia and China seem to love Iran. But I think a lot of people are going to have issues with this. So we'll have to see what's going to happen. Um, usually, when this stuff comes out, it, it's only a matter of months before they actually do it. Be prepared by by the end of the year. 
you'll have Iran will have tested a nuclear weapon. Now, the question with Iran and the nuclear weapon is, do they have a way to deliver it? For example, do they have a missile? Rumor has it they don't. Okay, but that doesn't mean they can't use this as a terrorist weapon. We'll have to see what's going on. But this is the scary stuff that is actually happening in the world that we're kind of ignoring because we're too busy with men being women and shit like that. Okay, well, I've got a couple more stories, but we'll deal with them tomorrow. Um, do I have a couple more stories? Yeah, I do. So let's let's deal with this this one and end the podcast with that because we're getting towards the end. So there's a song that went viral this weekend by a guy named Al- Oliver Anthony from West Virginia. The song's called Rich Man of North Richmond. And essentially, Rich Men of North Richmond, North of Richmond is Washington, D.C. So this song is basically a lamenting of the plight of the working man. Now, this Oliver Anthony, not a rich guy. As a matter of fact, he's going through hard times right now. He has been doing songs on YouTube and things like that for a really long time. I actually have listened to a couple of his songs before because they're really good. Uh, this song went viral because it was really straightforward. Um, he alludes to crime. He alludes to Antifa, BLM. He even goes after Jeffrey Epstein. He talks about the high cost of living. He talks about the taxes, the struggle to survive in this country amidst all the turmoil, social turmoil that's going around. It is a very tough, and we're going to listen to this song at the end. Now, how do you know it's a good song? How do you know it's a far-reaching song? You know that because um, people like the uh, Rolling Stone magazine, and I couldn't read the article in Rolling Stone because I'm not going to pay for Rolling Stone. But they're calling it a far-right anthem. And there's a bunch of left-wing sources that are just pissing on this guy. Because he dares to sing a song that is actually positive for the United States and laments leftist woke bullshit. Because it is hurting people. It is hurting regular people. And nobody seems to care. And that's what he's pointing out in the song. Here I am. I'm out of a job. I'm broke. I'm wondering where I'm going to get my next meal. And you guys continue to dump bullshit on me and take everything I have. You know, I said this last week. I think I said this last week. If not, I said it to somebody. Um, But I think it was Matt Walsh that talked about this. You know, we went to war. We had a revolutionary war over a tax on tea by the British And yet you can't wake up in the morning without being taxed. And we're doing nothing about it. Well, it's guys like this that are actually saying, hey guys, look at how miserable this is. And it's not a a revolutionary song or anything. He's just saying, God, it's just, he's sad. It's a very passionate song. It's a great song. And we're going to listen to it. That's what we're going to close with. So I hope you guys have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Um, Enjoy the song. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay, so I can sit out here and waste my life away, drag back home and drown my troubles away. It's a damn shame. 
What the world's gotten to For people like me People like you Wish I could just wake up And it not be true But it is Oh it is Living in the new world With an old soul There's rich men north the rich men Lord knows it all Just wanna have total control Wanna know what you think Wanna know what you do And they don't think you know But I know that you do Cause your dollar ain't shit And it's taxed to no end Politicians look out for miners and not just miners on an island somewhere. Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to eat, and the whole beast milking welfare. Well, God, if you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bags of fudge rounds. Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground, cause all this does is keep on kicking them down. Lord, it's a damn shame what the world's gotten to for people like me, people like you. Wish I could just wake up and it not be true, but it is. Oh, it is. Living in the new world with an old soul. These rich men know. you do and then I don't think you know but I know that you do cause your dollar ain't shit and it's taxed to no end cause the rich men know the rich men been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay.